0: Welcome to Iraq City. We are back. Uh, today we're going to be talking about Vampire Weekend. And uh, in order to do that, I'm joined as always by my partner from Across the Seas, Imran. How's it going?
1: Good. Alhamdulillah. I am fine. Thank you very much for asking. Uh you know a long weekend over here how about you?
0: Yeah same thing we have the this is one of those holidays we share with you guys. So right. Friday and Monday off so it's a beautiful day it's warm it's like 23 degrees in oh, London.
1: Oh okay so, okay. So uh,
0: pretty good pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah it's not that warm over here unfortunately we're still uh, I think it's still in the yeah, teens today. <laughs> oh okay.
0: Well at least you have a couple few days off right so that can't be bad.
1: Yeah that can't be bad. So uh tell us what have you been up to Anything interesting what's going on?
0: Uh yeah, nothing much just a lot of reading so I finished the Harry Potter books and movies mm-hmm. um, oh, yesterday.
1: Okay, the movies as well, eh?
0: Movies as well, yeah. So I, I uh, basically what I was doing was reading a book, watching the movie, reading mm-hmm. a book, watching the movie like right. that. Um and then even with the Deathly Hallows, my friend told me where to cut off for because it's in two parts, right? Right, movie, right, right, right. But the book is just one part. So I did that too just to, you know, keep it keep it fresh but uh yeah i really enjoyed it and i just started reading the northern lights which is the first part of the um his dark materials trilogy by philip uh, pullman okay which is really good so i'm kind of like a hundred and something pages in it's really good actually I okay recommend
1: it. um now is this uh similar to um a few years back they had released this one movie i forget and it had uh, polar bears in it um
0: That's the one. Yeah. That's it. The movie wasn't that great. Yeah. So So in the US, the Northern Lights is called the Golden Compass. And um, the name is different. So uh, the movie was called the Golden Compass. Yes, uh, the Golden Compass. Daniel Craig. Yeah. Um, So yeah, just an interesting thing. They actually started a miniseries, which is going to come out soon with James McAvoy. Oh, nice.
1: Uh, Who's also known as Professor X.
0: Professor X, right? So he plays Professor X in right. X Men movies. Last King of Scotland, great actor. Uh, Split. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's going to be playing Lord Azrael, and they're going to be there's going to be a mini series coming out soon. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, but I hope to finish these soon. Um, and uh, what about yourself, man? How's how's life going? Uh,
1: it's good, good, man. Um, I just just yesterday I finished up season six, and I mean season seven, I believe, of Game of Thrones. So I'm all caught up. Oh, so sweet. today I'll watch two episodes. You know. Uh, episode one, and then episode two. Um, so, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's uh, – I don't think it's meant to be consumed that much all at once. It's uh, pretty heavy, <laughs> yeah. heavy stuff. Um, along with that, I've uh, been watching the NBA playoffs. I got, like, two, two-and-a-half games in yesterday. Um yeah,
0: awesome, you're watching uh, Toronto or every, actually everyone?
1: everyone. I do yeah. enjoy it. like um, I just, I'm just a basketball fan. I like watching sports a lot. Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah so uh, <laughs> just watching you know like these high tier games. Uh, the one that I've been skipping out is my beloved Pistons. Um, you know, is uh, they just yesterday they got thrashed again, so I wasn't really, you know, too uh, keen on that. Yeah. And you okay. know, uh, on your side of the pond, football season is wrapping up, so. Many, many leagues across Europe, they're almost done. So, you know, we're just getting to the final final few games.
0: Yeah, I think Arsenal look good to finish in top four so far. They're in a good position. So, um, yeah, they got a match today, actually. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Cool, So, man.
1: yeah,
0: that's it. And uh, awesome. And how about music-wise? What have you been listening to before we jump into the the sure. part? Sure. Um, so...
1: Because of Vampire weekend, you know what I mean it's a very uh, it's a it's a it was a staple indie band that I enjoyed listening to a lot so I went back started listening to a lot more of uh, the older stuff um, uh, listened to pinback, um, Ted Leo and the pharmacist and um, and continued on listening to a few rap albums here and there, mostly uh, doggy style oh. and um,
0: <laughs> awesome. yeah,
1: and the chronic. So went back just...
0: To, oh, so you, now you're in West Coast mode. Yeah, right? after, yeah, yeah. You're like, let me check out the West Coast yeah, history. Yeah, so right.
1: yeah, just, just those classic albums. I didn't go into the NWA stuff, but uh, just here and there, yeah. you know, just checking it out. Um, I even checked out the infamous um, West, uh, West Coast Connection.
0: Oh, my God. Okay. How did you find it? Was it uh, disappointing? Was it good? How did you... Uh,
1: uh, you know of uh Ice Cube and you know the kind of talent that he would get together you know like mac 10 and who's the uh other individual i forget his name
0: Dub C yeah
1: Dub C um so you know both uh, it's uh, they're they're hard rhymers you know west coast gangsterism so yeah for that you know it's it's exactly what i expected and um not bad yeah. you know not bad at all it's pretty good um yeah. i and unfortunately i was so disappointed by 213
0: yeah, me too. I remember listening to that mm-hmm. and thinking, "Wow, listen to the Letdown." You know?
1: Yeah, because you know it was really hype when we were kids, right? There was like, "Oh, these guys are gonna yeah. blow up. They're gonna be such a great team." And yeah, so yeah, so just yeah, I don't, go, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, i
0: was say that album should have come out earlier, like when Doggystyle came out or mm-hmm. something. But yeah. Yeah, Snoop was so big on his own, and then Warren G had Regulate when Nate Dogg. So. Yeah, didn't happen until much later because of their fame, I guess, you know, especially Snoop.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think Snoop had also moved into No Limit Records.
0: Uh, Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The, yeah, that was in the 2000s, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah.
1: So I think during that time, you know, just the...
0: the sh- it was like a breakup. Yeah. Of a, yeah. It
1: was a shift going on. So unfortunately, I, I think just because of, you know, like getting those guys to do an album together while he's still contractually obligated to, you know... Uh, no Limit Records, I think that would have probably been a bit of a hindrance. But again, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know the the history behind it, but yeah, definitely something to check out, see what's going on. Now, awesome. now I got a taste of what you were listening to, and this is something interesting. So go on, uh, tell us what you've been listening to.
0: Um, so yeah, when I was listening to Vampire Weekend, I was kind of looking for their influencers mm-hmm. from their interviews and mm-hmm. just from my own experience. So I've been listening to a lot of Elvis Costello. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's really good. And uh, The Police, which uh, I don't know if you know, but I was really into The Police oh, okay. in my early Okay, 20s. Okay, okay. Um, uh, older friend of mine at, in college gave me all their albums. So, um, yeah, I was a fan of The Police uh, more so than Sting's solo stuff. Okay. You know, um, you know those kind of reggae or African mm-hmm. rhythms that Vampire weekends uh, are obviously influenced by. Um, so that's been one kind of genre I've been listening to. And the other thing is just continuing to listen to Underground. Hip-hop, so I came across Brother Mm -hmm. Ali, uh, Freeway, Pharaoh Monk, um, and just a host, uh, so many others. I mean, Mm -hmm. my playlist is almost up to 500 songs now, so So, it's hard to (laughs) list every single rapper. But, you know, a lot of guys from, obviously, Bootcamp, as usual. Um, I started making a Wu-Tang playlist of their solo stuff. Um, So just looking more into that. Um, Yeah, and that's about it for me. Like, those two things are what's been preoccupying
1: me. Now, uh, tell us a little, uh, because there was one rapper that you did mention to me and um, and I just wanted to, and I was just more curious about it. And I think um, it's something that we should definitely discuss some uh, um, is uh, R- Royce the Five Nine.
0: Yeah, I love Royce. I mean, Royce I've been listening to for, I think, a year and a half or something like that. Okay. Um, and for me, he, he is my favorite underground rapper ever. Great. As a solo. It, like, if I had to pick one, he's actually my favorite. L- probably living rapper right now. Right. Um, which I guess is probably not the most popular thing to say, but I think he's just, I just like his stuff, man. I mean, yeah, he just has old fashioned, not old fashioned, but he has good rhyming skills and mm-hmm. bars at the same time. It's entertaining as yeah. well.
1: So. And I, you know what? I'm going to argue that I don't think it's an unpopular thing to say because Royce the five nine, he's, he's, uh, if you listen to his, his songs, He's been very consistent and a great rhymer. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, now, did you get a chance to listen to his collaboration album with Eminem?
0: I did. Bad meet, bad meets evil. I listen to that. Mm-hmm. I listen to everything. I listen yeah. to all the mixtapes. I listen to all the albums. Like everything he's done I've listened to. Like, that's how much of a fan of right. his I've become uh, over the last year. So, I love his right.
1: stuff. Right. And uh, now, did he have a rivalry with M before or uh, they were always friends.
0: Uh no, they actually yeah, I think they met they met at a battle mm-hmm. or something. They met somewhere. Um Royce Um actually that's the same he has a song about it. That's mm-hmm. the day he met Eminem. I think his grandmother died and he has his first kid. Wow. All on the same day. Which is amazing. <laughs> so he actually wrote a song about that. I forgot the song's name right now, but um yeah, they. I think they did battle, but uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. But I know they met. They probably met at a battle or right. a festival or something um, before they were famous, of course. And then when Eminem blew, he kind of, you know, brought Rice to right. Five Nine into, um, you know, studio contract right. and all that kind of stuff, and introduced him to people. So um, I think you should. You probably know more about this than me with your Detroit connection. So uh,
1: yeah, actually, you know what? Um, Royce, the five, nine for a long time, uh, was heating up much of, uh, Detroit people that knew him along with, um, the producer, um, um, what was it? JD mm. and J Dilla, uh, both of these, uh, people in the hip hop circle within Detroit knew these guys, you know, there, there's a mm. lot of respect for these guys, um, And even Royce, he was so good that he started to do a lot of ghostwriting for um, P. Diddy.
0: Oh, that's right. I remember you telling me that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, Royce has a lot of respect for P. Diddy. And, um, you know, I think P. Diddy gave him a shot and kind of uh, put a little shine on him as well. So I, me personally, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I could take her to leave it with uh, P Diddy, but uh, Royce uh, Royce to me, like you is a great rapper. Um, I think he's uh, criminally underrated, um, but unfortunately it's just, you know, how people are, how things are today nowadays with the the kind of um, music out there. But, you know, I think, I think uh, his fan base is extremely loyal.
0: Yeah. I expect it. I expect it would be, you
1: know, it's
0: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's definitely a breath of fresh air discovering him. Um, I sorry, I also forgot to mention Rod, the rugged man, and uh, Jedi Mind Tricks is another yeah um, addition to that underground fraternity of mm-hmm. you know musicians who I guess most people don't know about, but enough people know about to have a loyal fo- following.
1: Yes, and uh, and you know what? Uh, even amongst um, you know, even amongst a lot of Americans most of these guys don't have a lot of um you yep. know uh, marketability or even viability so um uh, you know just the fact that people do listen to them and become loyal fans says a lot
0: yeah i guess people are looking for the real thing right and then they find mm-hmm. it oh that's what it goes down to all right man uh, should we jump into the vampire weekend sure stuff? let's get uh, let's get started cool so, so um yeah go on Let's, uh, I'm going to ask you, how did you come across Vampire Weekend? Uh, this, I'm not 100% sure. Um, I believe you told me about them. Mm-hmm. So, and also, at the same time, I was watching a movie where at the end, the girl says to the guy, let's go to a Vampire Weekend concert. <laughs> so um, I think those two things, and the fact that I was listening to post 2000s rock bands, Right. Which being an old man, I kind of avoided until like a couple of years ago. So, right, I was looking, right. you know, Fertility, Fratelli, Fertilis, uh, The Doves, mm-hmm. you know, all those bands, yep. The Strokes. Strokes, I was already into, but, you know, again, uh, The Killers. Um, mm-hmm. And then I thought, oh, this is another post 2000 uh, rock band. And, you know, you mentioned them. And then because that movie, I checked it out. Um, I think the first song I came across was uh, Oxford, Kama, and I was like in, instantly hooked like this is a great song man you know and it's funny as well
1: yeah it's Uh, a very funny song yeah
0: (laughs) and um i could relate to it because i think i faced that a little bit when i came to england you know the whole Mm
1: -hmm. privilege
0: thing you know Uh, i won't name any names but people around me with more privilege you know coming from uh kind of ivy league kind of school situation right and uh, you know speaking proper and all that crap yeah, and yeah. I just, I just love you know who gives a f about an Oxford comma. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? It kind of related to me. So
1: yeah, I think, um, and you know what? I think uh, as we wrap up this conversation about the band, I think what we will touch on is the classism that's highlighted by Vampire Weekend. Yes. I think that's yeah. very. Uh, I think that's a very uh, important topic, um, given that classism is. I want to say it's a relatively new concept in America as opposed to England. It's been there for a while, but it's it's here. It's here in America and there's a great division and it's starting to create a great division. So I think that's something that we should definitely touch on and we'll talk about. Because in England, there's yes. uh, there's actually bands that represent classes. Is that correct? Or mm, Yeah, I would say so. But mm-hmm. I believe
0: it's always been that way. Right. Um, to a point you know yeah Uh,
1: and again once we get into it i'll um uh, and i'll touch on it a bit more at towards the end of it so yeah for sure yeah so for me um the i always thought of these guys as the quintessential o's band for ivy league schools you know like um yeah uh, just uh just some of the lyrics some of the you know things again like i said before we'll touch on it later um and even you know the the song titles that you had mentioned like the oxford comma cape cod kawasa kawasa um yeah you know um uh, it uh to me it it reeks of uh not i shouldn't say reeks but you know yeah it definitely reeks of uh somebody that had a that grew up privileged you know i think uh the uh concept of even even having an issue with an Oxford comma is uh, is uh, funny at best and I think relatable at best as well. So, yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, m- at first I was like you, you know, uh, they had gotten so many accolades, so many, you know, um, um, awards, awards. And I was like, oh, I don't want to listen to these guys. I don't really care. And my youngest brother Sammy, he said, "Yeah, you know what? You want to try listening to it." So when I did, it was the most refreshing thing I ever heard. So if you want, let's uh, we could get into the first album.
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So um, yeah, I thought the first album was really mm-hmm. good. Um, you know, I particularly liked uh, obviously Oxford Com. I mentioned A-punk a punk was yeah. <laughs> was really cool. Uh, Mansard Roof, uh, Cape Cod, Kwasa Kwasa, M79, mm-hmm. and Campus. Um, uh, so yeah, basically the first six songs for me really did it. Um, oh yeah, amazing. Amazing. It was really it took me by surprise how much, how good these guys are.
1: Yeah. Were. Um, so now uh, for me, uh, the other thing that was that, uh, and uh, how you had mentioned how, how amazing they were, uh, the unique sound that they had, uh, especially using like uh uh, West African uh, influences. Now, uh, Ahmed, you, now you have noticed yeah. that you've started to play your guitar more. Did you notice that they were playing mm. their guitar in a similar fashion to the West Co- West uh, West African uh, styles?
0: Uh, yes, but not because of guitar, but because I listened to Police mm-hmm. and a little bit of Elvis Costello in the okay. past. Uh, actually, the Police, they really brought the African um, stuff into the music. Mm-hmm. Some of it was a little slower than Vampire Weekend, but I'm sure, I'm sure 100% police were a huge influence on the members of Vampire Weekend. Right. Um, You know, whether they mention it or not. They mentioned Elvis Costello, they have mentioned that, but, you know, some of the stuff sounds very similar. um, But Vampire Weekend have kind of taken it to another level where they use a lot of um, Mm -hmm. keyboards and um, kind of synthetic, uh, you know, synthesizer type stuff along with the traditional, you know, guitar, drums, and stuff. So they've kind of taken it to another right. level, which makes them stand out on their own, but I can definitely see the influence.
1: Yes. And um, again, you know what? Maybe it might be time for me to re- uh, to visit uh, the Elvis Costello, um, uh, you know, um, uh, back catalog. Um, I haven't, uh, you know, hear songs here and there, but nothing, uh, he keeps yeah. getting mentioned in a lot of circles, like, oh, he's a great, you know, he's a great um, artist.
0: Oh, amazing songwriter, yeah. It's his songwriting is the key mm-hmm. thing for him. It's um, it's nothing short. Okay, yeah.
1: So something to revisit, and I would definitely check it out again. Uh, ch- definitely check it out. Um. Now, uh, the other thing I wanted to add was um, well, and I was gonna go back to uh, kind of ties in like what I was gonna add. Uh, one of my favorite songs on the album was Walcott, and um, so.
0: Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. so, uh,
1: you know, in the verse, they go, got to get out of Cape Cod. Got to get out of Cape Cod, right? (laughs) And um, I thought it was one of those songs where, you know, somebody living in Cape Cod is getting like, oh, it's uh, this place is dragging me down, blah, blah, blah. I need to get out. But actually, it was – the song title is based on the short film that uh, I think the lead singer – Ezra was working on that never got finished so what they did was they based the name that entire premise of the movie on that uh, song because Walcott is a central character and he's telling the mayor of um Cape Cod we gotta get out of here there's vampires in the city and that's (laughs) <laughs>
0: right right yeah i
1: thought that was kind of funny um i enjoy it like i said it was my favorite you know just get out of yeah. cape cod i thought it was kind of a funny um funny anthem um yeah. nonetheless uh, you know um cape cod kawasa kawasa was uh, another one of my favorite um in yeah. that uh there's two things that i really liked about that song was they name check peter gabriel
0: yes 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 and
1: then they also (laughs) did united colors of benetton now i like i like the united i like anything that name checks the united colors of benetton because if you recall yeah growing up in saudi that was the um i want to say it was like the very it was it was like the tommy hill figure of the 80s you know that uh uh, bourgeois kind of gear uh you know that so I yeah, thought that yeah, was yeah. kind of funny that they mentioned that, and it does even it's it's not a popular story here. So you know, anytime you do see anybody with it in the United States or Canada, your first thought is, "Oh, this guy vacations in Europe a little too much."
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, man. United actor mm-hmm. Bennington. So I feel like getting some gear now. After you- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot uh, about that completely. Yeah, <laughs> was- I forgot the. Fruit of the Loom, United yeah, Canada, yeah. Colors of Bennington. It's a,
1: yeah, of and it was like he name checks it, and you're like, oh, that's so funny. And at the same time, you also, you know, you get that, yeah. you get that kind of, uh, uh, you know, nostalgia sake. I would say.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's the other thing. They are actually really funny and witty. Mm-hmm. They are. Um, as a band, you found that as well. Like
1: I did, I did. I found a lot of their lyrics just hilarious. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, are they? Are they making fun of privileged lifestyles or are they, you know, commentating on it? You know, I, it, it was a little tongue in cheek yeah. in that kind of way.
0: Maybe about a bit of both. Yeah. Possibly.
1: And, um, you know, I think, um, uh, especially going back to the first album, it just, uh, you, for me, it was like, um, there were certain triggers. I'm like, it just reminded me of being in college and university
0: yeah me too me too i think because they were it kind of uh reminds you of that time i mean there's even a song called yeah. campus right i see you walking across the campus or whatever so well,
1: yeah. yeah so yeah summer those, holidays those kinda, yeah. you know that kind Little, of
0: feeling you know mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's um it has that kind of um yeah. a thing to it and um it's uh it was it's a uh, pre-manufact it's not even, and the first time i heard him it wasn't like that long ago when i graduated college so it was like or nostalgic for something that happened three years ago
0: yeah uh, yeah yeah, so, that, yeah the whole uh, life you know that life you live as a student and-,
1: mm-hmm. uh, and like i said it was such a refreshing album coming into like listening to a lot of previous albums and um uh, you know, just um, coming to this particular album. Um, you know, a lot of rock and roll at the time. And, uh, you know, I think uh, especially indie rock was starting to become kind of like, uh, I would say, um, either you were going the dance punk route or um, mm. the Modest Mouse route, and it was starting to become a little bit stale. And then they just oh, came yeah. in and they just, Completely uh, you different, know, completely um, different.
0: Thing. You know, know,
1: completely different. And, Yep uh now uh you I, I don't know if you recall the book that i was reading uh, uh meet me at the bathroom yes yeah you mentioned this about uh, um, bands so
0: the, and stuff yeah. like that
1: right in the is it new yeah. york band yeah bands from yeah new york city so the lead singer ezra he was he's mentioned in the book many times in fact they even interview ezra as well and um it just talks about he was in that scene. Like he was, he watched the strokes. He watched a lot of the bands come in and out during that time. So he was part. It was such a, it was a really artistic vibe going on at the time in New York yeah. City, and he was part of it. Uh, so I think that's uh, mm. that's also something to mention that he was in that yeah. um, you know in that scene. Mm. It was a highly competitive scene. It wasn't like every band that came out of there became like uh amazing but you know it was a highly competitive scene
0: yeah i guess that was the rebirth of rock and roll right that that yeah you know just before 2000 you know when the strokes strokes were like mm-hmm. the first band to make it big from that scene and then, then many others just you know the hives vines and yeah even outside of new york you know from other countries but that whole yeah. rock and roll style just uh yeah blew up big time from 2000 onwards to i guess 2010 yeah.
1: Even in England, you guys had the Libertines, and they were yeah. just, yeah, you know. And I was in New
0: York, I guess. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. Um, and I would argue they were just as good, if not better, than the Strokes. Uh, Vampire
0: or the Libertines? Libertines. Oh yeah, I, I like them better than the Strokes. To be honest with you, yeah, I think they were better.
1: Yeah, and actually, um, when I was reading the book the first time, the Strokes had toured Europe they had met the members of the libertines and they were they were still doing local shows at the time they hadn't released an album nothing would had happened but they were they were just doing local shows and uh, just trying to be uh, you know trying to get hype for their own band
0: yeah get out there yeah for sure yeah
1: so this was uh, 2000, 2000 2001 somewhere there yeah okay so moving on to the second album we have uh, contra
0: Yes. Now, this is a this is going to sound a little weird, but this is actually my favorite rock album of the last 20 years.
1: Really favorite rock album of the, um, of the last 20 years. Wow. And my
0: favorite band of the last 20 years if you go from 2000 onwards. Uh yeah. So, um yeah. you know what? Go on, go on. Yeah, uh, even better than the Killers for me, which is probably crazy, but <laughs> mm-hmm. I just like them so much.
1: Yeah, and um you know, I'm going to add to it that, um, to me, um, Contra, um, I don't know about, like, uh, for me personally, it didn't become, like, they're my, not my favorite band in the last 20 years. But I will say this much, um, that they were, I would put them on the, my top five for sure, within the last 20 years. Like, it's just, uh, I know you yourself have listened to some of their influences. I've never heard their influences. Mm. So just by the mere fact that they had done something completely new, something completely different, uh, to me, it was one, that's why they were one of my top five bands. And, um, you know, it's, um, again, they were able to take a musical genre uh, and then just kind of make it more, you know, add elements of ska and punk and keyboards to make it more uh, relatable. Uh, to Actually, for Western audiences. And, yeah. um, you know, I think uh, it's, uh, especially with Western, West African music, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if you know of uh, Miriam and uh, Amadou, Amadou.
0: I don't, actually.
1: Yeah, so there are these Malawian, um, Mal- Malayan or Malawian? I think they're Malawian. Right. Ma- Malayan, Ma- uh, Malai, Malawi or Malayan? So, well, um, I think they're Malay, Malayan um, uh, artists, and the, both of them are blind. Okay. Yeah, and um, you know they have that kind of uh, that cool, smooth West African sound, which is, you know, uh, I think uh, for uh, for a lot of uh, Western audiences, it's like reggae, right? Like it's right. reggae is that cool West, yeah. you know, like beach sound, and for me, that's how these guys are. Mm. With that West African Well, I would sound. say that
0: if you like that, you should definitely check out uh, some of the police's uh, stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I felt on this particular album, they doubled down on that uh, West African sound.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you know, in White Sky, the, you know, mm-hmm. the middle part <laughs> is all, you know, all that, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, I thought it was a much more uh, expansive sound compared to the previous album. Like uh, they went really, yeah. Yeah. you they know, really went for yeah,
0: it. yeah, in terms of experimentation, definitely mm-hmm.
1: for sure. Um, and and final thing I want to say is like I liked, I actually loved the overall sound for this second album.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, you know heard this album so many times you
1: know yeah such a be- and it's a really beautiful album really beautiful yeah. album um and that being said you know for me white sky was my favorite song
0: me too <laughs> white sky for sure man um uh, what other's uh, did you like from the album i know you like the whole album but just a few uh, um practice.
1: you know um the first song uh, horchata
0: yes yeah.
1: That's another, that's a, you know what? It's actually a really that's fun opening song. Yeah. Song. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. um, you know, holiday was a great song. Uh, yeah, yeah. lyrically, California English was a funny song.
0: Yeah. I felt the same about cousins. Cousins was really funny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and even diplomat song, uh, diplomat son.
0: Yes. Yeah. That was another good one. And uh, giving up the gun. I like that quite a lot. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that video had the RZA in it, didn't it? Yes, Through it did. Yeah. RZA, so. yeah,
1: it did, it did. Like, we
0: have a lot of respect from their hip-hop uh, fellow New Yorkers.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the fun, You know, the fun, I liked um, – for me, it was a personally relatable as California English is that um, because we both grew up in Riyadh, I've had this yeah. – uh, people have said this a lot to me, and it comes off a lot. It's like, you sound like you're from California. And um, – <laughs> The reason – and the funny thing is the reason being so is I think is because we wound up watching a lot of TV and a lot of movies and that was the accent I think um, either I was trying to emulate or trying to converse in. So in other words, don't blame us, blame Hollywood. Yeah, I guess so. That's a that's probably the best way to that's <laughs> the worst way to say that's it. Let's take <laughs> more, where yeah. we get our accents from. Uh <laughs> you know, overall great album. It was such a fun album, such such uh, again, so unique from any sound that I had heard before.
0: Yeah, like as I said, for me it's my favorite of the last twenty years, so mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's just absolutely amazing. Uh and this one you can hear
1: over and over again.
0: Yeah. Without getting bored, you know?
1: No, no, you can't. And um again, hats off to the production. I was very uh yes. I was very uh you know, pretty uh pretty happy with the production itself. Um I, I I can't think of anything really to add to it, like how great this album is. There there's nothing like I can say uh, like, there was, any, there was no, no really letdowns as far as uh, this album is concerned either.
0: Yeah. The only thing I would add is anyone who hasn't heard it, go away and hear it. And then you'll you'll know what we're talking yeah. about. There isn't really much more we can um, say about the album to promote it. You just have to listen to it and then you understand. Uh, now, I will say one thing, though.
1: This album does run short.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, I, a lot of the songs aren't that long, are they?
1: No, like, no. Um, um, i think it was uh, very um uh uh what's it called um uh very punk in that as in that way because most punk songs are only three minutes two and a half mm. minutes something like yeah.
0: that yeah it was and uh and uh, the next album was uh, completely different you know
1: <laughs> yes um now uh, the next album is called um uh, what's it called? The Modern, Modern Vampires of the yeah. City. Correct. Okay. Now, uh, in this particular album, and you know what? Again, it was a much slower album. Uh, yeah, it was much
0: slower. And the other thing was it was there was a lot of themes about um, religion and God um, in this album that Ezra yes. was s- struggling with, questioning. Um, mm-hmm. And then it reflects in the lyrics and the songs, too.
1: Yeah, and I felt that too. Um, I enjoyed this album thoroughly. Um, uh, it, it was definitely an album that they were trying to get a wider audience for.
0: Yeah, I think this is the one that won the Grammy as well. So it was uh, yeah quite appreciated by critics. But for me, I uh, didn't like it as much as Contra, I have to be honest. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, I still liked it, but the themes of God and stuff really didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that being said, I did like the album and I did like quite a lot of the songs, like Obvious Bicycle, Step, Diane Young, you know, mm-hmm. Worship You and Unbovers. Right. And another, another solid album. And the last album with, uh, Rustam in it, who's left the band.
1: Yeah. And that's an unfortunate thing. I really did like him. I think that he brought in a lot of, uh, great elements yeah. to this, uh, particular band. Um, Even, um, you know, going back to it, I think this is the album where, uh, you know, when you address bigger themes rather than something that only a few people can relate to, you're going to get a wider audience.
0: Yeah, I think that's what they were aiming for, whether uh, accidentally or uh, on purpose. Uh, That's what happened.
1: Yes. Um, So, um, again... um, um again so i i was actually i liked unbelievers, I thought it was a great song um even step and even Diane young uh yeah. it, 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 to me um what struck me was that um they didn't completely move away from their African sounds, and they still maintained that and got a wider audience,
0: yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: And uh, that, that to me, is a testament of, um, you know, n- uh, that not only is the band matured, but their audience matured.
0: Yeah, so this was, uh, I think, 2013.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and then there was nothing else uh, until uh, until now. The new album is coming out on May the 3rd. Yeah. Uh, so very close to being released. Um,
1: yeah.
0: A few singles that, are out
1: already. Yes, they are, they are. And it was, it was so funny because... When I started to, uh, you know, do the research on it, start to re-listen to these to these to this band, I was like, oh, the new album's coming out just in a few weeks, so it's uh, kind of like uh, we did a pre-release for the for the album itself.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they did release quite a few few songs already. So, um, have you had a chance to listen to the new songs that have been released uh, for the new album, like the same?
1: Just one or two that you had forwarded to me. Unfortunately, I didn't get to yeah. listen to all the singles that came out. Um, yeah. Well, the yeah. album's coming out on May Go 3rd,
0: on. so it's not far away. So you'll listen to the, I guess I'll just wait for the album, too, because I don't yeah. want to listen to too many of the singles mm-hmm. and then get bored and you know all that kind of stuff. Rather, let's listen to the album as a whole. Right. Uh, and it's called uh, Father of the Bride, I believe. So just mm-hmm. for anyone who's looking out for it. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah.
1: So it does, uh, to me, it does sound a bit like. Uh, modern vampires of the city from what I heard.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, you know, they're, uh, they want to do bigger tours, get more audience fine by me. It's uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. Yeah. They're it's almost a- like that.
0: Um, I believe the third, uh, after the third album is really when you find out if a band is going to make it or they just, decline, yeah. you know, always yeah. it comes to mind and other bands.
1: Um, yeah
0: this is like a really critical kind of, uh, period in a band's, uh, journey, you know, are they gonna re- evolve? Are they going to continue or are they going to die out? So yeah. I, I believe Vampire Weekend from the singles I've heard is going to continue and, you know, just as strong as ever, which is great.
1: I think so too. I think, um, you know, as, um, um, as those things go along, now you get a chance to understand, um, You know, I think it comes across as anybody. Anybody has those themes going on in their lives, you know, um, about life, religion. um, Yeah. Mortality, those kinds of concepts are to anybody, for everybody. So I think uh, even them as an audience, uh, even them as musicians, they're like, they started talking about things that they felt.
0: Yeah, I guess in other words, they matured, you know, from the starting off from the college kind of stuff to now they're in the world, you know. I guess yeah. once modern vampires of the city, they're now out of college and into the world. I mean, that's the way I do anyway. And then those themes, as you said, become more important uh, in a, in the development of a person. You
1: know. Yeah. Uh, so all in all, uh, you know, I think it's a, it's a great direction for the band itself. Um, uh, you know, for me... Personally, the first two albums will always be great. They'll always be fantastic. And it's so funny that they're, they're, they are they're came out recently, but they're nostalgic for me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I you mean, know what I'm me, saying?
1: Like they, they, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm...
0: yeah, you're right. I, I think uh, you were saying it earlier, they remind you of a certain period of your life, even if that period yeah. wasn't at the same time as the song or the album. Yeah. It reminds you of that period. Of maybe yeah. when you were at the same age they were and going through some of the same things, right? You know, um, like college, for example.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. So for that reason, that's that's my uh, that's always been a takeaway that it, you know it's a fun time, fun thing to listen to. Now, uh, you know, circling back, and we really, and I think this is something that we should really touch on, in, yeah. and it's a and it's an accusation made against the band itself, uh, uh, privilege. Hmm. You know, um, hmm. You know. Uh, I think despite your convictions that you think that you're an average everyday person, I think you're not an average everyday person. I think you're a relatively privileged person. And I think I'm a relatively privileged person. Um, you know, um, I think there is a, uh, I think, uh, uh, you know, both you and I went to university. Both you and I um you know, done a fair bit of traveling, reading, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And I even had a chance to go to preparatory school in Orlando, so I kind of know where these people are coming from. And then, um, at the same time, you know, um, when I was living in Michigan, I would always go to University of Michigan and uh, see there, uh, you know, how how these people are, how they're living, and how they're doing stuff. Uh, The first thing that came to my mind was this is a very, uh, what do they call, Ivy League school kind of person,
0: Mm.
1: band. Mm. And um, Ivy League, you know, I think it comes from, you know, the first few universities that were established in the New World, i.e. America, and their links to the old Uh, old-world Ivy League universities like Oxford and Cambridge. Cambridge. Likewise, we have Yale and um, Harvard. Uh, Did you feel that it did sound like privilege?
0: Um, Here's my take on it. I think the band is very genuine, right? So Mm -hmm. if they are privileged, which... I don't know. It comes down to like money and status are two different things. So you can yeah. get grants to go to Ivy League or, but you're mm-hmm. not necessarily rich, but you have the status or yeah. you could be rich and then be sent to Ivy League. So it's, it works differently. Mm-hmm. But I feel the band is very genuine. I mean, they're to the point where if roses, the RZA's coming into your video, I think mm-hmm. you're okay. You know what I mean? Like I think that's why they cross over because yes, they are privileged probably. And they did go to Ivy League. Mm-hmm. but they're genuine in what they're saying. They're not trying to make straight out of Compton, you know what I mean? Because they're not from that world. Yes. But so they're only singing and uh, writing about their world.
1: Yes. Um,
0: which I respect. So I'm cool with it personally. You know, I, right. If someone is born rich or someone is born privileged, it's not, I don't hold it against them. It's, it's just the way they are. Um, it's just the circumstances that landed them there. Um, what then becomes important is how they carry themselves with that privilege. Do they lord it over others or do they um, are they humble in their um, uh, privilege? You know what I mean? And I've seen both. I've seen yeah, even people around me where people have kind of lorded it over others. And I've seen people which you couldn't even tell if they were privileged or not. They, you know, they don't even mention it. Yes. Um, so it comes down to uh, the human being and how they've grown up, um, how their parents have raised them and yep. who didn't choose to be. So I believe these guys are genuine and that's why I'm going to keep listening to them.
1: Yes. And I'm you know what? I'm the same way. Um and here's the thing because coming out of um you know um I spent a lot of I actually a lot of my 20s I spent in Michigan and 30s as well. Is Michigan and Windsor and they were very uh, working class towns, right? Mm. And um and, you know, listening – and is, here's a funny thing because I uh, – very recently I did listen to a band called um, – uh, I think they were contemporaries of Flogging Molly. But uh, I forget that. Okay. Hold on one second. I'm trying to remember the name of the song – of the band. Uh, give me one sec. I think it was um, Dropkick Murphys.
0: Okay. Never heard of them, but okay. Yeah. So are they gone? Gone.
1: So I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, now dropkick Murphys are out of Boston and, um, they're an Irish yeah. band. Uh, well, uh American band with Irish roots. Yeah. So, you know, they use, uh, in the, and they do a punk and they do punk songs. So they have like tin whistles and, uh, you know, mandolin and, um, you know, certain things that are associated with Irish immigrants from like, you know, mm. the mm. early 1900s.
0: And, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Yeah.
1: And the, the, th- the themes of these songs are very working class. You know, they're,
0: mm.
1: they're, um, you know, uh, relatable to every person. And, and, you know, even listening to myself, I could, you know, listen to it. And, and I was like, Oh yeah, I can, I can, I understand it. But, uh, but it, and coming back to this particular band, I was like, Oh wow, this is a different kind of world, and um, I was, you know, I was again. I kind of saw this world from outside rather than being in it. Uh, Right. The world that um, Vampire Weekend represent, and um, so I did, uh, you know. And and you're absolutely right. As a musician, you should write about what you know. Yes. And if this is what these guys know, then that's you can't really really be against them.
0: Right. They're not the Arctic monkeys, right? They're not or Kaiser Chiefs. Or, yeah. Uh, uh even the strokes, you know. It's um Yeah, you write about what you know, and if you're you have to be honest, honest with your music. Yeah. You know? And that's what really comes across. Yeah. And uh I guess it does, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, you know and uh, it's it's um for me it's uh, it it really highlights the current situation in the united states mm. as far as like uh how class is driving so many things yeah
0: i think uh it's everywhere now post-partition yeah. uh you know even our country of origin pakistan the 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 gap between the rich and the poor is so big and the middle class is disappearing same is happening in the uk yeah you know it's uh yeah, it's unfortunate. That's just the reality of uh the world right now.
1: Yeah. And you know what? And again, I'm not I'm not going to be the first one to uh you know what? I'm not going to be the first one to knock it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of these kind of blue blood kind of uh people, you know, reading books like uh, you know, um um uh, 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 like uh, F Scott Fitzgerald, authors like F Scott Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, yeah. Um Brilliant, uh, the uh Great guy Gatsby.
0: That- yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant, right. brilliant. Yeah. Uh,
1: the guy that wrote American Psycho um, and Less Than Zero.
0: I've always wanted to read that, and there's
1: a film too, right? With the and yeah, yeah, the film isn't yeah, the film isn't uh, so great that great, but, but um, uh, the the book itself is like pretty uh, really entertaining. Yeah, Brad Easton Ellis,
0: right? Brad Easton, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. So um, yeah, that's been on my list there, for
0: a while to check out, but I've never acquired it as of yet.
1: Yeah, I um I had a chance to read a lot of his material. I'm a fan. I really do enjoy his uh, his um, his work. Uh, again, it's uh, you know this is where they're coming from. This is their world. Um, I um, I'm trying to, There's another movie that I was uh, thinking about.
0: Um, I would say the Pakistani version of that would be Moth Smoke by uh, Mosin Hamid. Right, right. Uh, you know about yeah, Pakistani I, privilege and uh, all that. It's a very probably like a Pakistani bread uh as much as Right. You, but yeah, if, if you get going chance. Yeah,
1: I would uh, yeah, I would definitely um uh, I would definitely get to check it out. Yeah. Um there's another movie um hold on one second. I want to figure out this um um, it's. I think it was a 2010 movie, and I. Um, I don't know if you ever. Perks, uh, uh,
0: Perks of Being a Wallflower. If
1: you ever saw uh, this particular movie. Um,
0: Is it Perks of Being a Wallflower by chance?
1: Well, you know what? That was uh That was another uh, great one. Um, let me see. I think. Uh, the, and that again, that movie really definitely highlighted uh, many of the same uh, same things uh, that yeah. this particular. Um, Movie was about but
0: um who is actors if you <laughs> I can probably guess it if you actor Yeah it's Ben K-
1: Ben Kingsley and um
0: Ben Kingsley right Is it about a school university or
1: It's about high school and um the whackness.
0: Okay uh, I haven't seen that no
1: Yeah if um if you get a chance to check it out it's a great movie um it takes place in New York City in 1994. Um, wow, okay. Yeah, uh, so it's, uh, but it was made in the 2000s. Great. Uh, again, it's uh, it's one of those kind of movies that highlights it, uh, that kind of, um, uh, I would say, privilege. Ha- have you ever seen La- The Last Days of Disco?
0: No, I have not, actually.
1: Um, now, the last days of disco. It, it takes place again in the late, late, uh, late seventies, early eighties, um, and it's directed by Whit okay. Stillman. Okay. Um, and you know what? Uh, we've talked about a lot of uh great, uh, you know, these kind of movies. Like there's certain movies that you and I always uh, relate to. I think one of them was um, yeah. um, Sideways, and we've thought it was such a brilliant movie. And <laughs> You know, Uh, but I think, again, if you really want to see like these uh, upper class kind of movies, um, Witt Stillman, because the first time I heard Vampire Weekend, it was literally like listening to uh, one of Witt Stillman's kind of um, dramedies, you know,
0: right. Is he like uh, Igby Goes Down, that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah,
1: yeah. So basically, he does these movies. It, it's, it's a lot like that. It's basically does these movies about these privileged kids that go to, you know, these privileged... Um,
0: schools or university yeah. or something. Or, and,
1: that, yeah. and I'm not talking about like aimlessly party animal kind of people. You know, these are... I would say they're slackers at the same time, but they read, they're, you know... They... Uh, Uh, you know um, acquire knowledge Um, and it's you know I think it's 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 also that comes into like a lot of the times that people with privilege tend to have is huge record collection
0: okay I didn't know this yeah Yeah. or
1: access to huge record collections so um, Mm. yeah yeah so uh, you know all these uh, I think it really highlights that kind of thing you know like it's uh it's that, uh, you know, university environment, um, and those kind of bands and, uh, Oxford shirts and, uh, you know, penny loafers yeah, yeah. and, uh, that kind of thing. Again, uh, you know, I, I find it relatable. I find it extremely relatable. And I think,
0: yeah, well, I have uh, three pairs of penny loaf- loafers. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> so you, you find it relatable too, you know, um, and I think it's um it's something that I had read before that uh, people that were raised with uh middle class backgrounds but with upper middle class sensibilities,
0: yes, yeah, so they're kind of trying to reach that
1: exactly above, um,
0: the level above them, basically, yes, you know, and they're not looking behind <laughs> they're not looking behind, but, yeah, what's under them
1: so. yeah, so it's it's uh. You know, yeah. I think, uh, that's, uh, that's how we, uh, that's how I find the, this band and, yeah. uh, and I'm so glad we got to do this because on a personal level, I just found it like you It's probably the most relatable band I can think of besides the Strokes. They were both like very, and again, both bands came from privileged backgrounds.
0: Oh, I didn't know that about the Strokes.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. So a little something about them, um, you know, most, yeah. uh, most of the band members, their parents were, like, I think uh, Julian's father was a big, um, he was head of a very powerful modeling agency in New York City.
0: Right, right, right. okay. And
1: his mother was a model herself. Um, the other members, they also, like, I think um, the guitarist, um, uh, Albert Hammond Jr., His father is a musician himself. Uh, Nick Valencia, I think he's like um, grew up in uh, different parts of the world. I think originally from France or something like that. And Mm. then settled in the United States. Fab was also from Brazil and half Italian, but settled in the United States. So they came from...
0: Privilege. Yeah,
1: privilege. Uh, You know, I uh, I think if your father or mother is in one of these fortune 500 companies and their executives and they get to travel all over the world and be part of that that's what it it was like mm. so well, that's really
0: interesting i never really yeah. thought of it from that kind of angle with the strokes you know
1: yeah and it's not i'm not saying that i grew up with privilege it's i just think i grew up with like you know uh, upper middle class sensibilities, and I think and then certain things, you know. I think we can both relate to it. We lived in foreign countries. We moved to UK, and we moved to Canada. So I think yeah. that became a relatable. Yeah. I think uh,
0: yeah, it's called uh, third cu- third culture kids, where yeah. you're brought up in a country where you're not from, and then you move again, yeah, to another country. So you have three cultures around you. Yep, and you become uh, more open um, as a result. You know yeah Uh, maybe that's why we probably geared towards uh accepting all these different kind of genres and types of music and
1: yeah you know yeah i think you know i think even you know (laughs) exactly you know i think uh even um even like you know west african music uh, it's to me uh it's exposure it's exposure to this kind of thing Mm -hmm. And it also sounds like someone that got to vacation in these kinds of parts of the world.
0: Yes, yeah.
1: So, uh, yes, it does reek of privilege and something like that. But um, I, mm. I for one, uh, I enjoy it. I really enjoyed it, and it was fun listening to their uh, to their music. And I hope, I hope that they continue making great music like this.
0: Well, yeah, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> New albums coming out, so. Yep. Hopefully it'll be just as good as the uh, first three.
1: Yes. So yeah, hopefully fingers crossed. Yeah.
0: Fingers crossed. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I guess just before we sign off uh, another movie that came to mind, uh, I wanted to discuss with you was um, the talented Mr. Ripley.
1: Yes. Oh, you know okay. what? Another Fanta. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That really sums up of him trying to gain that privilege that he doesn't have. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's another one to add to the uh, collection to to watch.
1: Yeah. You know, I think the fact that these guys made a third album and an album that, you know, got them a Grammy and they're talking about themes like this. Having myself lived in working class part of America where things like this are unrelatable.
0: Yeah. To majority of the
1: people. And then getting to that where they made it relatable is a huge accomplishment.
0: It is, but at the same time, they don't sell as much as I thought they would when I looked at their record sales in terms of worldwide. Mm. I mean, they oh, sell a healthy okay. amount, but they, it's not like every album went platinum, you know? Yeah. So um, I think the it's exactly what you said. Like some people are are actually not relating or put off by that privileged thing.
1: Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think it's still... You know, it's still, uh, it's still a bit of a hard sell, but, um,
0: they're not Springsteen, you know? Yeah.
1: They're not Springsteen.
0: You know? <laughs> yeah, they're not going to relate to the factory worker and, the. no, 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 no. <laughs> and I'm generalizing, I'm sure there's probably a few factory workers who love Vampire Weekend, but I'm just generalizing that they don't, they're not going to reach that audience by, um, you know, singing about Cape Cod.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's really, um, it's, um, it's really, um, uh, Again, to me, it's it's funny, and um, I don't know if you if you if you know this. Um, uh, there's a particular accent called the um, North Atlantic accent. No, what's that? So basically, this is now this is a very privileged kind of accent. So basically, it's when you grew up with um, one of your parents being British. And you grew up uh, and you spent both uh, times wow. in the United States and UK equally. Okay, okay. okay. Um, there's a very famous British yeah. uh, DJ, Mark Ronson.
0: Oh, I didn't know he spent time in the US. I thought he was just British all the way. I haven't heard him speak. Yeah, it
1: so, uh, yeah. so well, it's the certain words that you enunciate and pronounce. And that's a, and that's a, uh, that's a, that's a thing. So again, yeah, uh, so again, I, it's, uh, uh, you know, most, I, I don't think a lot of Americans know the North Atlantic accent. I don't think they know that. And, um, and it's really funny because growing up, I, a few people in Minaret had the North Atlantic accent, you included, without knowing that you had it. Are you sure, man? I think I got it afterwards. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you, when you, how do you say can't? Can't. You don't say can't? No, never. Never? Really?
0: Never, man. No, no, no. Not at all.
1: Oh, okay. So did you... Uh, now, when you... Because there are certain words that you announced, uh, you pronounced that they were very distinctively British. But at the same time, there's yeah. a uh, I think that happened afterwards. Okay. Not when I was there, but it happened when I actually lived in
0: uh, England. Because at that time I was just uh, going to England maybe once every three years for a summer holidays, a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. So I wasn't really picking up anything. Um, okay. But when you live day to day, then you start picking up a few words here and there.
1: Okay. Okay. So no. So I guess I was mistaken. So um, I guess... There I... were
0: others, yeah, who, yeah. There were others who were like from the British school or from England.
1: Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah. And I think... Um, it was just, uh, I think there's a. So that being said, uh, the this particular band, you know, highlights it, uh, highlights that kind of uh, thing for me. So,
0: mm.
1: yeah. I so sure over, you mean. yeah, you know, overall, very enjoyable, very fun. Um, and I, I wish them the best of luck in uh, in their future endeavors, and I hope that they can, you know, s- still make these quirky albums, these funny albums.
0: That's that's a perfect word, quirky. I think <laughs> you you summed it up there.
1: Yeah. So that being said, um, are you getting ready for Ramadan um, mentally and spiritually?
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess so, man. I guess so. Um, I think because I work from home, it's a little easier. Yeah. So, so it'll be all right. Yeah. What about you?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, mentally, I'm getting ready for it, um, and spiritually as well. Um, Ed, we will tell our audience member that we will be taking a break for about a month and, um, Correct, yeah. you know, once we get back, I think we'll go full swing and, uh, we'll get some more, uh, get some more, um, bands to talk about more, uh, music to talk about. Um, you know, I'm excited, I'm excited for the break, but I'm also excited that once we get back, I think we're going to go full swing and, uh, really get into a lot of good, uh, good music.
0: Absolutely, man. The journey continues. Yep. So, awesome, man. So uh, it's been yeah, a pleasure always, as always. usual. Uh, have a great Ramadan, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the other side. This has been iRock City with uh, Rocket Rasul and the K Nine, and uh, we're out. Peace. Peace.